Yo, what's up? It's the pastor with no answers. I may be the pastor with no answers, but I got smart friends. That's right, baby. Smart friends. Y'all remember that movie, Good Will Hunting? If you haven't seen it, stop listening to this and go watch Good Will Hunting. I don't care if you're on the way to work. Figure it out. One of the best movies out there. Well, you got Chucky, the friend of Will Hunting. Will Hunting is prodigy, super smart. Chucky's in the bar, hanging out, minding his own business with a lady flirting with her, and she's digging it. And some knucklehead Harvard grad comes up to old Chucky and humiliates him in front of the girl. But Will Hunting, Chucky's friend, steps into the picture. He's kind of a roughneck. He's a school janitor, but he's smarter than everybody combined. And he shreds Mr. Harvard grad to pieces. Chucky was like, how you like me now? How you like me now? I'm a how you like me now with Colin Kerr, a pastor here in Charleston who's been on this show a couple of times and friend. Puts things out on Facebook sometimes. I have to read them probably six or seven times before I start to understand. It's always solid, man. I got to share this one. Hell, I'll put it in the show notes. Copy and paste. But he says, the reason why you'll rarely see modern Christians or the political left or right have constructive conversations around politics or social issues, despite claiming a shared faith tradition and epistemology, is that we are already so comprehensively formed by our ideological narratives and so woefully underformed or selectively formed by our theological narratives, and it is narrative more than anything else that gives individuals the lenses by which we see the world. This means, then, we can only be genuinely surprised and often outraged that this other kind of Christian has the gall to even exist. If life is a story, they are like poorly written characters inserted to disrupt the satisfying plot of our existing narrative, and we resent them for ruining our story. My gosh. Good stuff, my friend. Falls right in line with the theme of this show. Bear with communities having a whole lot of fun. We actually got together and tackled a few issues. One of them had to do with are there sorts of assumptions you can rightly make in your head when you hear that someone is a Trump voter? In other words, at this point in 2022, if someone votes for Trump, can you go ahead and make up some things in your head about them that you can kind of take to the bank? Well, hell, if they're voting for Trump, here's what kind of person they are. You probably know where I fall in this conversation. But we had a dandy one. Sharp disagreement. Oh, yeah. Go to the show notes, man. Join us, dog. Episodes coming up, man. We got Kevin Garcia talking about his book. Bad Theology Kills. We got John Mark McMillan. Him and I both talked about how we used to view people and how we view them now. Got a friend that's coming on talking about her epilepsy. She almost died earlier this year. I actually know very little about epilepsy, so looking forward to talking to her. Jack Hoy, the greater, he had a divorce very long marriage. Co-host Jed Payne had a divorce, very short marriage. Both of them divorces, but different scenarios, different situations, and certainly a different timeline. We got an episode for parents who are scratching their heads in the middle of deconstruction, trying to figure out how to raise their kids spiritually. A lot easier with systematic theology, wasn't it? Screwed us all up, but it was a lot easier for (laughs) y'all. October, we've got Women's Body Month. I'll leave that right there going to be fun. And why all this drug talk, Joey? Well, let me tell you, last week's episode, Kevin Sweeney reached out, told me about his book, thought it was a great idea to have him on, glad I did. This episode, completely different ball game. These are two guys I know really well, Jed Payne, co-host, recovering addict. He's done it all, man. 
and how he helps kids not do it all and get back on a clean path for a better life. And then John Peace, I've known him for a while now because he was playing drums at Seacoast for eight, nine years at the church that I pastored. Oh my gosh, as we have known each other for a long time, he finally let me know that the first time he came and played drums at Seacoast, he had been smoking cocaine up until about six o'clock that morning, then downing a bunch of Adderalls. Oh, and downed a bunch of liquor and did a hell of a job during the worship service. I had no idea. It is a pretty hilarious story. Cut him a break. Everybody changes. He didn't make that mistake again. Had to learn to laugh, Pharisee. It's all good now. He loves Seacoast. Love you. Enjoy. Can you hear us both, uh, you, you, Yes, I cool. can. You look like Moby if he joined Hillsong. <laughs> well, he, I can break it down really easily. So I would like this, you to. This is for my old ass eyes. Like I need reading glasses. Okay. It was probably a few months ago. I was like, I think I may be losing my sight. Like I was like, what's going on? And then I realized I was just getting old. And I mean, because so you think out of nowhere, like I'm think- reading books and I have to do this whole backup thing, and it came from nowhere. So, so you're just uh, spitting in the face of God who made you to have poor eyesight, man. and you're just oh, not believing the enough. Hubris of man says, I'm not going to trust God. I'm just going to wear these man-made That's right. That's right. You're right. I'm taking this shit Shame off. I'm not you. wearing my seatbelt. I'm wow. not That's taking my antidepressants or anything. I'm Take your shoes Dad, off. Dad, you know how mad let's, people would be at you? Let's get like God made us. Dad, you know how mad people would be at you if you... It, it, would, it wouldn't even be your fault, but if you convinced me to get off meds again... <laughs> Wow. Oh, my Wait, God. Wait, I should probably rephrase. Jed did not convince We've me to get that. off medication well, in the first place. So it was not Jed's Hey, fault. but we did. We co-signed. Not co-signed, but we definitely kind of influenced each yeah. other. Oh, listen listen to this, John. I so I, uh, I want to introduce you guys here in a second. Okay. Right? So, yeah. so Jed and I. Jed, do you know? I mean, would we have known each other if it wasn't for Bad Christian Podcast? Is that kind of how we met? I think you were the, the person that like responded to BC emails so i think that's how that started and then john living in charleston so we actually met and then that's where it kind of just continued old ass eyes reading glasses i forgot to put my celtics hat on i meant to and then my kids gave me a biggie shirt last year and i wasn't and i wasn't fit enough to wear it because it's a smaller shirt so now i'm wearing it you yeah you do look i I lost some weight he looks good he looks good he looks good stuff i went to so what festival in dallas this weekend i lost Three pounds over the weekend, just, just, just existing, moshing, moshing in the Texas heat. <laughs> All right, so John Peace, Jed, you know that I have been pastor at Seacoast Church for a long time and the multi-site mm-hmm. campus stuff. Well, it's it's really funny because one of the stories that I want John to tell is, uh, Jed, I, I would assume you know how this stuff works. Like if you can't find a drummer, you go through your list of numbers looking for a drummer. And my worship leader at the time, knew about John Peace, like a professional jazz drummer. Ooh. Oh my gosh. He basically, and I thought about it, I was like, should I tell this story? I mean, it is Seacoast Church. First of all, I think Seacoast leadership would think it's kind of funny. Second of all, it's out of their control. Dude, this dude shows up all on, what, five different drugs? <laughs> <laughs> At 5.30 in the morning, someone says, hey man, you remember you said yes to that drum gig thing at the church. And he's like, oh my gosh, I gotta be there in two hours. John and I, we know each other from the church days he played drums at our church for years, and him and I just became friends. I think we see spirituality pretty similarly. Him and Toby got pretty close at the time, and that's how we know each other. 
So wait, so wait, so you played a worship service? Blitz. Oh, you, you'll you'll have to you'll have to hear the whole thing. It, it's oh, it's okay, one of the great. best stories. That, but then, that hey, reminds Jed, me. He, he told me this story, and then he tells me a story about hallucinogens on the beach, and that's when I was like, I got to get him and Jet together. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're gonna have to come on church and other drugs for oh, sure. You just got that that reminds me though of <laughs> for doing drugs. So, I, I mean, I I might as well just start a podcast. Let's go. <laughs> well, no, don't don't, don't do that. This is our okay, right. Right. Don't do. We that. won't be a Christian it's one. Full. We don't need you. We don't need you. Um, I'm just. I'm Here's totally what I think good. is really funny though. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Let me tell this. Let me tell. So it was. So the interim guitarist that was brought in to lead worship for uh, my church was also. I found out he was uh, in recovery as well, and he got cribbed from uh, a local mega church. And he was telling me that he was still drinking at the time, and they were so enabling to him that one of like the people in charge between services would would take him to the store to get him shots of liquor so his hands would quit shaking and then just bring him back to the church to play it's just like <laughs> god dude Gosh. talk about enabling I what i think is hilarious is everybody sees this as probably like uh ooh this is crazy and radical i don't know if y'all know of keith green but he was a big time 80s hippie radical jesus movement became a Christian and but he still did hallucinogens and this is a guy Keith Green that they throw in the mix of making fun of Christian music like oh you know Keith Green Sandy Patty and making fun I think that's a wrong assessment I think Keith Green is absolutely brilliant but in his book No Compromise very mainstream book it's in all the family Christian stores back in the day he got saved and his wife got saved tripping and they both would say this, their definition would say God worked good through our sinning. So they would say we were sinning by hallucinating, but God worked through it. And that's how we gave our hearts to Christ. That's just too complicated to discard that as up. Oh, we were sinning, but then God saved us through it. <laughs> so yeah. Jed, would you say that you are, I, I, you don't touch anything, right? You just can't. You're in recovery, correct? Mm -hmm. So you don't do hallucinogens or anything. Nothing. Correct. I just saw some vapor smoke though. There's some oh yeah, I do, I do. I do nicotine and caffeine. Okay. like it's going out of scale. Oh, I, I thought we were. I thought it was job blessing over there. Some sacrament, you know. <laughs> now, no, you no, no, no. Because I'm also John. I'm also uh, my my career is I'm uh, an addictions counselor. Oh, so John, big props. So it'd be, it would be frowned upon coming to work tripping on acid. Yeah. Yeah, it would be frowned. I think upon. that's most jobs. It'd be frowned upon. Most, most jobs. So, John, let, let me let me take some guesses. It's been a while since we've talked about this sort of thing. I would guess that you maybe are an occasional weed smoker today. Today, like I've occasionally smoked weed today. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, like in the last days, in the last hour. Did I smoke weed in the last hour? Um, no, no. Are you a regular weed smoker? Yes. Okay. I smoke. I did smoke a joint at like six a.m. today. Six a.m. Gotcha. And and you do know you do know today is June third. Yes. Was that uh, twenty twenty two? And you know where you are. Oh yeah, I'm totally functional. <laughs> I'm it's just I'm, it's I'm, just a part of my constitution at this point. Yeah, I I do it regularly. I'm so right. busting chops, dude. I'm oh so no, go for chops. it. Let's roast. <laughs> I love the bad brain shirt, Thanks, brother. Now you, cool. now you went through a time in your life where you would say weed was counterproductive and you weren't being productive with your life because you're you're productive yes. with your life right now. Yes. You're killing it. Oh yeah. You know? have, have you changed how you've used marijuana to in your favor? 
Like, Absolutely. are you just older I've, now? So you're wiser and say, hey, I can use this to my benefit and not make it make me uh, a, a loser that sleeps all the time. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, now you sell weed. So it really just it benefits <laughs> your life immensely. Actually, I quit that um, <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, like I said, I, I think it's part of my constitution now. I've been doing it since I was 13. I am a proponent of it. If I go back, I probably would have waited. It's who I am now. It's I definitely don't abuse it like I used to. I use it daily. I actually use it as a tool and self-medicating. I've been put on prescription pills for various things before. It doesn't make me feel good. This makes me feel much better. Do, yep. do you vape, edibles, tincture? What's your route? I Flower. smoke blunts. So the area he was talking about was when I was really selling a lot of weed and I was selling like eight pounds a week. I was smoking 10 blunts a day. That's just counterintuitive at that point. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, what, but the thing is, I really, uh, spent most of my time playing music and working an office job uh, I hated and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. That's necessary. Then. And uh, I've been playing music since I was four. So it's it's really a tool now. Yeah. Like I woke up at six this uh, morning and I smoked weed and I practiced and I practice every day. Yeah. I love um I love what you said about I wish I would have waited uh, longer because I started smoking when I was 11 and I started doing hard drugs when I was 14 and 15. And I truly and like a part of who I work with is adolescence and through all the research and shit I've done, I, I truly re- believe that uh, my life probably would have had, uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say I, I wouldn't have become a full-blown addict, but I definitely, the adolescent brain is just not equipped to handle serious chemical assaults at that age. It's like, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to hamstring yourself a little yeah. bit. Yeah. That's, that's. Can fun. I just say one thing yeah, about yeah. that? We talk about harder stuff. I will say I had a lot of friends get on harder stuff. Didn't make it out. A lot of them that did. I started using cocaine when I was like 16. It was never a thing that got out of control for me. It was something I knew my body didn't agree with. So that's why I stopped it. But I'm really lucky that I did that in a way. I don't think other people should do that. But I think the way the cards fell for me, it was actually a good thing. Because I have plenty of friends that never did it. And when they started making money in their late 20s, early 30s, those are the people Mm. that got so bad off on it when they would you know college is over they're making all this money they go party they try it boom full-fledged like i didn't have the money they had no training <laughs> yeah they're yeah, training yeah, and i also sure. did is like why are you starting to do cocaine when you have money <laughs> <laughs> that's the robin williams joke uh cocaine is god's way of telling you you have too oh, much money yeah, dude. <laughs> absolutely i hear marijuana is a very minimal hallucinogen is that a technical definition so my experience would stop at marijuana and then ketamine for medical use when I was in my mental health crisis. It was under medical and it was really awesome while it lasted. But I was I was so deep in the dark space that once the high wore off, I think I was better off for that day just a little bit. Yeah. And then the next day it was like, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Cause I was looking into that and that's, that's what I read is that it's, it's like, yeah, it's cool for two or three weeks at the max. Then you got to do it. Again. But I, but I will say term. this though, that at the time, and I never investigated this because other things worked, but my psychiatrist said that people are starting to do ketamine inhalers, which he said is more effective yeah, because you can S-ketamine. do it a little more regularly. Well, that's <laughs> John's like, yeah, <laughs> we used to, and that's so funny is like, we, 
used to make our own. That's the that's how you would get away. Like any drug, you can do heroin, uh, things like like meth or ketamine. You just like get you a little Afrin bottle, make a little liquid solution, and then just like at work, just snort a little. A little happy Dang. juice. So, so Jed, before we get into the, the meat of this, how do you navigate the tension of talking so openly and even flippantly kind of or joking around about something that you also take very serious? Like, do you ever get in a conversation like this and you're like, ah, I'm probably being a little too lighthearted, man. I've seen people die with, with all of this. Like, how do you mix the two? I guess I try to balance the levity with like seriousness that's a good question and it's also i don't i don't know if you saw this was extremely uh synchronistic but i was just on blurry creatures with uh nate and luke and and it was all about hallucinogens and the things i've seen on hallucinogens which is it's very interesting that that worked out like and and so i kind of had i have to kind of balance a lot of things i have to understand that what doesn't work for me can work for other people. I have to understand that I am different. So I'm not going to whole cloth condemn things. I'm not going to whole cloth endorse things. Most of my goal, like I love dispelling myth. I love dispelling common stupid myths that do nothing but perpetuate bad ideas Mm -hmm. about drugs because I also love chemicals and I think they have amazing uses and benefits. Cool. You you don't have to dig any deeper in that. That's kind of a surprised you with that one. But yeah, that makes sense. All right. Let me ask you all some yes or no questions and we will circle back around so you can explain more. But the rules right now, yes or no. John, do you think God speaks through hallucinogens? Yes or no? Yes. How about you, Jed? Yes. All right. Do you think that God wants people to use them at least once? Peace. John, peace. Uh, That's that's case by case. Case by case. Jed? Oh, well, I thought the rule was yes or no. Well, I mean, I mean, no, no. no. Okay, it's no. gonna be there. You go. No. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll have to say. Okay. No. Do you think people should use them at least once as just like God? If God knows everything, then obviously we get him off the hot seat. It's like, well, of course God doesn't want everybody to, but you don't know everybody. Would y'all say eh, you should try it? I used to feel that way, but now I believe it's <sighs> it's what is true to you and what's calling you. Jed, yes or no? Oh my gosh. Uh, yes, most of my life I would have emphatically said yes. But no, yeah. but there are, there's a great many people. Everybody in Congress should. <laughs> One of my best friends, I don't know if you've, I don't think you've ever podcasted with him, Jed, but uh, Ryan and his, I think, most recent mushroom trip was a horrible trip. And he told me... Southern Ryan? Yeah, yeah. And he told me yeah. that it felt like the what do you call it the upside down place in stranger things like that's what it mm-hmm. felt like to him mm-hmm. and he had to go he had to keep going into the house where there was a guy that was not tripping and just check in he's like is everything okay am i doing okay yeah. is everything fine then he would go back to his room just trembling and everything but even he would say i think maybe everybody should try it at least once i think john o'hearn said the same thing now these are years and years ago yeah. so they could have changed their mind just because it is the single best thing on earth to break you out of your box that you spend your entire life constructing your mind around and it's just like until you get broken out of it and see things it's just a perspective shift yeah and this i i will i will say every atheist yes should wow Hmm. i like that when i was a kid everything kind of belonged in the same category there wasn't there there wasn't well marijuana 
is different than cocaine. As a kid, they were just all the same, all of it. Would you guys recommend people to stay away from cocaine, heroin, meth? These are things that y'all would... Emphatic, yes. Emphatic, say, stay away. Stay away. Jed? Uh, Meth, cocaine, so heroin? I, I will say yes, but like, wow. here's the thing. Wow. Well, here's Mr. the thing. Yes or no. This little kids. Good Lord. No, 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 no. I want to expand on my answer too. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Because here, here's the thing. The same people that will demonize, uh, and what I'm talking about is the purified versions of these chemicals. The same people that are going to demonize heroin, meth, and cocaine uh, are prescribed Oxycontin, Adderall, and Ritalin. Yeah. Literally, people <laughs> people that are like, oh my God, I would never do meth. Now here, little Johnny, take your Adderall. It's like, what do you think you're doing exactly? Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Or people that say, I can't believe people do heroin. Thank God my doctor gave me this uh, Demerol for my shoulder. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like... Um, but- I mean, popping yes, a couple painkillers for a kidney stone is different than shooting up with. Sure. I, I mean, I would be, yes, I would yes, be afraid yes, to try course, heroin. I really course. would be. Like, I, but I think y'all are right. It's how people are wired You've up because I tried it. I've well, met people who said cocaine is an it. insatiable thing that they could not resist for the rest of their lives once they tried it. And then I've heard people like John here who said, "Yeah, I tried cocaine and I don't do it." Anymore. Because this was this was also part of the reason Dare completely screwed a generation is because they elevated these things to these these mythic statuses and then people like me when i tried cocaine when i was 15 i was like that's it that's what that is like that wasn't as a 15 year old you weren't shocked by how good it felt i wasn't i went home and i watched phone booth with colin farrell That was baby powder, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was super invested. It probably wasn't the purest of us. All right. Okay. So what Dude, I want guess uh, what I sold this 15-year-old and he put it up his <laughs> nose. Hey, he did it with me. He did it with me <laughs> to save my grace. No, of course, there are drugs that like people should not do. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I'm not going to recommend well, everybody. Can, go out and my, my answer is similar. I don't yeah. think it's the drug that's always so bad. I think it's often that they're tainted. And I think it's the person's relationship to the drug that's bad. I think Mm -hmm. that's like the drug itself. If it's sitting on a table, what's it doing to anybody? But if you were to do one bump of pure heroin a year, would that from a a macro assessment? Dr. Carl Hart. Yeah, exactly. He does it. That's what he does. He does does it. Yeah. Because he can get the pure stuff. It's. Yeah, I mean every every major opioid, just including diacetylmorphine, which is heroin, just gets convert first pass metabolism yeah. into morphine in your body. So it's like all basically the same. John, you were called by my buddy Jason Brewer to play drums at Seacoast James Island. Had you practiced yet before you went to hang out with your pals on Saturday night? You're not going to get in trouble. Um, man. I hey, had it. Well, like I mean, they, I, I don't. Hey, I don't. This uh, is like ten years ago, probably, John. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, man, it's uh, the statute of limitations is up. <laughs> well, the thing is, my career's moved on. I don't really play with Seacoast off anymore. Not that I wouldn't. What's up, guys? Uh, What's up? Every, it, it, everybody's got a price. No, I'm kidding. That's, that's so bad. Was it a paid gig? It was. It a, was yeah. a paid gig, but I was. I literally. Really got the call for that the day after I graduated college for music. It was uh, there. There's a lot of it that's quite serendipitous. So we're talking. You were twenty early five. Okay. I want to hear the whole story. You tried to get off a high by putting something else in your system. Okay. Yeah. Let me go. I got. I got it. Uh, I got the juice for uh, it. Yes. Yeah, my first time playing Seacoast. 
now keep in mind, I grew up playing in churches though, because I went to First Baptist Church School, which no longer exists either. So I can say some <laughs> stories about that too. But shout out SBC, uh, yeah, for sure. Go Warriors! <laughs> yeah, I get the call and I go to a rehearsal the week of my egoic post college mind. <laughs> Is saying, oh, I don't need to rehearse this. I'm good. I probably was okay. I went in there. So yeah, the night before, I'm up all night and I'm actually uh, smoking cocaine. And my mom better my not man. see this. But it was uh, in a... What, just little cocaine in a, in a, in a blunt? Well, I used thing, to smoke cigarettes and it was just like I dipped the cigarette in the coke. Dip the tip. Like, yeah. You chain smoke doing that and you start to feel like a walking skeleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm doing that, and we're drinking, you know, heavily, just straight bourbon, and everybody's laughing, like doing the countdown till I have to go play this church gig. <laughs> and I'd also just gotten off a gig that night. We just keep going and going and going, and I'm starting to smell so uh, smoking that stuff smells horrible. Yeah, and it's like seeped in my clothes. So then I realize, oh shit, it is time to start to fly by. All of a sudden, it's like, I got to be there in 30 minutes. (laughs) And I'm going to start coming down really hard. So I'm lucky I have all this Adderall. What does that mean for someone who's never done coke coming down hard? Is it really hard to come off cocaine? Once you do cocaine in America... No, no, no. Like, you just crash. You you just crash. Like sleep? The high wears off. And you feel like you're going to die unless you get more. Uh, Yes. Everything it gives you, it takes away with interest. Gotcha. Would y'all say the same thing about marijuana? No. Okay. No. Hell no. That's why people It's more akin it's more akin to uh a rapid hangover with, with, following yeah. 30 minutes past your last drink. Well, there are people like, that struggle a- with anxiety uh, for their with marijuana. Like I know Andy Minio in in actual lyrics he says he doesn't smoke the reefer because it causes him anxiety. For Imagine example. your heart for sure. That's a different. That's different, a different thing. Imagine your heart muscle feels tired. Yes, <laughs> and, you, and you need to get you, you, your muscles are. You've been straining. You've been in positions yeah. you're not aware gotcha. yeah. of. Yeah. Talking, everything sucks. You're not high anymore. Yeah. Your mouth is dry. Yeah. Your eyes are red. Yeah. Gotcha. Life sucks. Gotcha. So, what was your solution to not so coming down hard? My solution was to break out a bunch of Adderall and snort it. <laughs> my man, and that is America's drug yeah and uh jed do you like that solution for playing drunk you're a music- musician that's the only that was that so any self-respecting uh <laughs> drug user has a stockpile of adderall. of adderall and benzos so that you can either come down or come up whenever you need I to just see a bunch I of drug survive. users standing around and say dude i have lost all respect for you. I cannot believe you don't have Adderall. I, all this time, I thought I mean, you were a mature drug user. And you so, <laughs> this guy just any, smokes any, weed. Yeah, so, bro. Any any user worth his salt has his uppers and downers because you never know. <laughs> Anyways, I get there while I was playing. The spirit of the Lord came upon me, and you're not joking. I was very high on uppers, and if you've ever felt that feeling, you feel like you are like touching the feet of God a little bit. You are so happy. Like something came over me where I was just like <laughs> making these facial expressions. Just I was clueless. I was watching this guy playing drums. Like, man, oh, he's good. I met Joey. <laughs> yeah, I met Joey in this state. This was the state of mind I was in when I met Joey. And I'm like, hey, hey. Yeah, but you and said then, when you were when you saw me walking up or you start walking up to me, you're like, oh gosh, that's like the pastor, yeah. and you're all nervous. But then all of a sudden, you're like, oh. He seems kind of cool or yeah. something like that. Like well, you I realized super you, paranoid. 
I just realized you're boys with Toby and I, I was boys with Toby. Yeah, and gotcha. Like, We're all it good. was like immediate People, friendship with yeah. these guys. My drug user radar is unmatched. Like I can spot it. A trillion miles away. But the vast majority of people, nobody jumps to that church drummer is probably on coke. Like what they <laughs> jump to is like, if anything, they're just going to be like, wow, that's a, a kind of a weird, energetic dude. They're not going <laughs> to assume. Nobody typically he is jumps feeling to, it. <laughs> he is. Fe- and plus drummer face already looks like you're on drugs like go watch any do you remember the lady that came up to you though yeah this lady came up to me and she said i just want you to know that i am so thankful that you are a part of our congregation now because when you are playing you can see the spirit of the lord inside of you oh no uh, as she says it i am still tweaking out (laughs) And I'm just going, thank you so much. I work so hard at what I do. And it makes it makes me feel so good when somebody <laughs> takes notice of it and they appreciate it. Cause then it just makes me want to do it more. And like I could tell as I was talking, I was freaking her out, the look on her face, but I could not stop the words. He couldn't stop. And as I'm talking, I'm like, she probably smells me too, more than anything. Did like, she walk yeah, away? Didn't she just walk away? I never she just walked away, freaked out. Oh, Please. He later finds out it was my wife. It was Priscilla. <laughs> <laughs> just just I kidding. I don't think I ever saw her there. I think he lost somebody on that one. That, that is just great. So did did you ever tell I, Jason? Jason, Jason did know? not know. And that was ever. one of the last times I ever saw Jason because he moved to Nashville like oh, two weeks later. Oh, gotcha. So Jason doesn't even know. He probably loved that story. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. What are some yeah, yeah. spiritual things that you've experienced that you would actually say, oh, that was God? Good things? Yeah. Under hallucinogens. So you don't have a whole lot of, of good things that came out of hallucinogens? No, no, that's not true. I do. Um, the good things that came out of hallucinogens for me, a sense of connectivity, a sense of the spirit world, a sense of peace and comfort that everything's going to be okay, and big time realizations about the way I'm living and like things I need to change. Those were the good things that happened. For the longest time, I was too afraid to intermingle God and Jesus with my hallucinogen use because I did believe it to be a sin. It wasn't until later in life that I was like, really had the, well, wait a minute, everything is good. God created everything. Things like mushrooms, perhaps there is a purpose here. Like there very well may be a purpose here, but it was kind of like what the thing you said with the the pastor and, and that's a Terrence McKenna or a um, somebody else quote. No, it's um, anyway, I can't remember his name. It's not McKenna, but he said, once you hear the message, hang up the phone, basically like once you, once you get what you get out of it, you don't need to, to go back and visit it. How do you feel about so that? Me, Cause I, I, I yeah. thought, wow, that's, would you relate to that sort of admonition of, Hey, you experienced it. You saw what you needed to see. What's the point now? The usage of mushrooms is not, it is not the party drug. Some people may believe it is. And to go deep, to take multiple grams of mushrooms, it, Heroic. it it's, it's not necessarily something as awesome and amazing as your experience may be. It's not necessarily something you want to go recreate anytime soon or maybe ever. So I totally get it, but yeah. I also feel there is room in the space for uh, microdosing, especially mushrooms, safely 
for a means to an end, not just to do it, to do it. But do you do any more hallucinogens yeah, that, ever? Have I what? Do you do you still do hallucinogens every now and then? Like yes. is that and, and you and it, is that going to be a regular thing in your life because you feel like it adds value? I believe mushrooms. Yes, stuff like acid. There, there's a little potential. Is that in, ecstasy? Is that the same thing? No, <laughs> no, no, not <laughs> at all. It's like a press pill of MDMA. Okay. MDMA and would that fall into the category of stuff li- that y'all li- be more open to? Ecstasy. Would y'all would y'all both say no. that? No, really, are over for me. What ecstasy is? Methylene dioxymethamphetamine. I mean, it's it's a it's a party drug. It's a club drug. It's fucking awesome. And Probably the best uh, drug. Ex- but and also mixing the two, you know, but it's dangerous in yeah, a way that marijuana is not. Yeah, it's dangerous. Gotcha. You know, not pure MDMA. I don't like, know I mean, anything about ecstasy. I always thought it was on the same playing field also, as mushrooms. That's, that's coming. Ecstasy was legal until 87 for, and they still did MDMA therapy. I think that has one of the greatest therapeutic potentials yeah. of any drug out there. Yeah. But anyway, no, acid is lysergic acid, diethylamide, and it's made from the ergot fungus. So it's another kind of naturally occurring thing. Gotcha. But also, yet again, like the LSD, the current pool of chemicals out there is just so polluted. And like, you're not, it ain't the Grateful Dead days of getting like pure LSD 25 sort of thing. But no, pure LSD is, is a, it's, it's also, it's also different. LSD feels a little more synthetic. That's acid, it's, right? it's a, LSD? That's acid, correct. Very good, Joe. You're learning. <laughs> and so uh, t- tell me, what, what's your, what, what do you use nowadays? I'm more of an all natural guy these days. Yeah. But I will say I have have dabbled with acid lately but i don't do it near as often as i used to it's more just jed what about i'm uh, really curious jed when you hear this stuff and add to the fact that john peace is doing well in the music scene doing something good with his life like do you have any envy like i wish i could have that stuff a part of my life too like is there anything be careful (laughs) <laughs> is there anything in you no. that wishes that you could do that kind of stuff in moderation and not go into dangerous places? No, because I I, I can if I want to. You just don't want to. Right. So but I, for I, him not to. He, see, he has I would to represent I, himself yeah. for his clients, for the, the people he helps. No, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. It's like it's it's uh that stuff's always available to me if 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 I so choose. But you don't do it though I, because I just it, don't find it necessary. Okay. Yeah, and, and because and because it's a it's a risk reward sort of thing. Gotcha. Like so here here's the thing with me. My it's checking your motivation. If I ever get to a place where I'm so like years down the line Maybe I'm facing death where I'm so spiritually bankrupt that I really feel like I need a hallucinogen, like a a heroic dose mushroom trip to kind of snap me back to something. Maybe I'll consider it. Today, if I'm honest with myself, I would just want to get high. That's why I'm doing it. I want to have a fun time. I don't really need to learn anything else right now. There's nothing it's going to teach me. If I'm honest with myself, I'm just looking for a... Because it's fun. Yeah. I'm looking for a cheap thrill. And that's not that's not a good enough reason. It's my, my favorite term for it is spiritual pornography. It's a cheap substitute. I, I think there is greater value in seeking it out the way Jesus did for it. Like because you can get altered states through carnal means like fasting, deep breathing, I mean, all this other stuff. For me to do something like mushrooms today, it would most likely be because in the back of my mind, I can think of, I can justify it a thousand ways, but it's going to boil down to like, that sounds fun. And that's not good enough for me. 
And and quickly, how do you feel about that? Like, with, again, I'm a musician by trade, mm-hmm. and I play improvised yeah. music, and it helps me uh, dramatically with being creative. I really do use it as a tool sometimes. Um, there's been times mm-hmm. I've gone overboard. I've learned um, what I can do and what I can't do. And honestly, it's probably a season, too. I don't know if I'll always be that way because I'm starting to feel pretty right. creative without it. So that resonates and with it's, kind of the purpose element. I want to say this about mushrooms in particular. I have never had long-lasting negative effects. And even from bad trips, the outcome has always been something positive afterwards. Sure. Now, I do know of people sure. that ate some bad mushrooms from cow patties that got really sick and had to go to the yard. ER. That's different. Again, it that's goes different. to like purity. It's the, yeah, the the danger of them, is that's another thing that's like crazy overblown. Like that stupid, like, oh, acid's going to stay in your spinal fluid and you can crack your back one day and start tripping again. Like, no, you can't. Yeah. Not going to happen ever. Yeah. Acid, though, I have, I've dabbled with microdosing acid, and that is something that I guess I enjoyed that, but it didn't do anything for me. I started to feel unhinged, and like my parents, my, my mom's real sweet. You started to get weird. Well, I started like it, it helped me to understand the mass we wear around each other mm-hmm. when I started to microdose acid, and it's, and I started to become the same character the same person my true self around everybody so the way i'm cussing around you guys a little bit is like actually how much i cuss no more no less and when i'm around my mom like when i was microdosing acid i would cuss just as much and i feel like that's kind of disrespect <laughs> disrespectful just because right. my southern roots i guess and it's like hey you don't cuss around your mother and uh sure. that's actually why i quit microdosing acid was because i only did it for about oh. a month but i just started to feel like i was becoming unhinged i did it with- you'd walk into a room and say that's <laughs> you mom <laughs> I wouldn't say that, <laughs> but just I just feel just, just saying fuck around my mom. I right. Like I never have done that. That. Right. that that's what I was going to say too, about how you were talking about the big mushroom trips is it's, it's, they, it's a, it's a built in limiter. It's why it's really like, I do consider hallucinogens a different thing than drugs of addiction and abuse because ain't nobody that just did a six gram mushroom trip waking up the next day and saying like, oh yeah, let's just do that right now again. Like, no way. Just too draining. good for a minute. It's too ineffably intense. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're, it's not. All right, the beach story. I got my notes. <laughs> all right. Just, all right, I'm going to be honest. I am kicking myself because I didn't write down exactly the words of God that were spoken to me that day. And one could only assume what that must be like with other written words. I'm <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> but that's kind of the point that I'm getting at is that that was a lot of the message that I got. Going back to what I was saying, though, I got a friend that was really into mushrooms in college. We played a lot of music together. About a week after I played Seacoast, so it's not. So I think it was the Saturday before my second time playing Seacoast. My friend and I decided, uh, well, we don't have a gig tonight. So you got all those mushrooms. Let's make some tea. And he got these mushrooms. They're, they're called Golden Teachers. And if you've seen those. Oh, nice. If you've seen those, this was the biggest one I've ever seen. I mean, it was like a half dollar wide. And the, the, the cap, I have a picture of this thing still somewhere. But the cap, it was shimmering gold. And we were like, let's just make two cups of tea out of that one big boy. 
So we do it. We go to the beach and we start walking and all of a sudden it goes zero to a thousand immediately. And it felt like force, almost like a, a hand the size of my body. This gives me chills, by the way, Jed, when he told me this the first time. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, it was it was almost like a hand the size of my body just here I am. It just pressed me down on the on pressed me down on the beach and I'm just starfished out and I cannot move. And my friend Jeff is pretty spiritual dude and he just knew I was having some kind of experience and he just sat on his knees next to me for two hours. Gosh, and he and he was on and he was tripping too. hard too. But he just Lord. sat there and Are y'all just, like best friends ever like y'all oh so yeah close this, this is experience. my brother we've been yeah. we've been through some crazy shit together just with music and where yeah. it's brought trip, us tripping bonds are real too yeah and also when it's somebody that you make music with and you trip and you play with them all the time like they become part of you you know family for the next two hours i'm profusely crying and i'm hearing the word of god go through my body I, when it pushed me down on that beach I'm completely starfished out, unable to move. It's about four o'clock in the afternoon, and it's one of those early, late afternoons where you can see the moon is already out, and it's right above my third eye as I'm starfished on the, on the beach. And it's like the sound was going from the moon straight into my forehead and vibrating my body with every syllable of every word. Every time, like my friend Jeff could hear me having the conversation, I was talking back to God. And every time it was like I was weeping and yelling these words back to him because I mean it's making me uh, have chills and kind of tear up thinking about it now. Is this for you? But is this the Christian God of the Bible that you talked about? Well, or he's assessing a, that. Yeah, he's assessing that. It, like I'm having a conversation with him, right? And it's two hours. And it's real time. It doesn't feel like time is sped up or slowed down. It feels like two hours. Every born again Christian that considers himself born again, they're like, if that's true, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It was scary. I've gone to and altar calls and never got something well, like that. There are things that were said that kind of go against mainstream Christianity, for lack of a better term. I don't know how I believe what to think about it. The voice even assessed that. Going back to if you should do mushrooms. I believe if it's calling you, you don't have a family history of mental illness and it's something that you really feel like you want to explore. If you're safe about it, I think you should do it, but realize you're playing with fire. Every mm -hmm. time you're playing with fire. So some people are fire dancers and they never get burned. Mm -hmm. So mental, some people mental, get burned the first time. Some people get burned the first time, never play with fire again. And that's a good lesson to learn for those people also. Can you quickly elaborate on the mental health thing? Just as if, far if you as have because, family the, with history of schizophrenia, yeah, yeah, if you're predisposed, yeah, like schizophrenia and stuff. The reason why I ask is I was in a deep dark depression and, and I had ketamine, and that could help. That's different. Yeah, different. Yeah. Okay, you're disqualified, Joey, because you're taking SSRI. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. it's just going to block the yep. effects yeah, anyway. So you should Heavy. stop taking your meds for like two weeks and take about five grams. Oh my god, Priscilla <laughs> will kill you for even uttering that joke. I'm kidding, Priscilla. <laughs> Call me afterwards, Joey. <laughs> no, people on Reddit will give that freaking advice. And there, someone's like, "I'm on, uh, you know, Risperidol. When can I trip?" And there's like, "Just quit taking it for four days, then trip." And it's just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue with your your story. Yeah, that's so Mr. irresponsible Peace. with your brain's chemistry. It's so uh, irresponsible. So. Anyways, I'm going to ask you a, a the, hard question well, the, about the it first and foremost too. thing that was that was said to me that is 
God is love. And that is the very power that keeps all things together. Truly, God himself is love in all forms of love. Impersonal? What's that? So God is impersonal. God's just a force of love. And I'm, I'm just asking. I'm curious what you're saying. I'm not trying to. God, that is actually the one line in almost all written scripture of all religions is at some point they refer to God as being love or there's some aspect of God given to man and yeah. is represented is representation is love. And that was like the, that was the foundation of the conversation we had. And also let that be the lens through which you see all things. So even when you read this book that man wrote, look at it through the lens of love. And if there's something that's, that to you seems unloving, maybe don't give it as much weight. If, if, if that's how you feel, but don't even focus on the negative, negative aspects of it. Focus on the scripture that lead, that does lead you to love the things that you do find love in. Uh, I believe these are the things that are divine. I think these are the things that man did write down from the word of God, but man is fallible. And the book even says it. It's not that I don't trust it. It's that it's human. I believe there have been uh, another thing that I thought was really interesting. I had in the conversation was that Jesus was a, and I, I, I want to preface this. Mm, you better preface this. Yeah. Cause I said the name, <laughs> I said the Lord's name. So let me, let me, let me, yeah. let me get right first. You're about, you're about to say as Jesus is just Buddha. As he's doing that, Jed, I believe there's some legitimacy there, but I also totally understand people who are like, you were hallucinating. Of course you're that, convinced. That ar- no, course. that ar- that argument is the biggest load of bullshit in my mind. Right, I can't speak because on it. I mean, I can't. Nobody, scientific community included, knows what the fuck is happening while you're just high, when you're just hallucinating. There's no good explanation. Really? There's a whole lot of, we think it has to do with the uh, histamine HT5A receptor, and there's definitely something with serotonin, but it's all just going to say direct mechanism of action is un- unclear. Nobody really knows. That's what I'm saying. Gotcha. Nobody knows. We don't even know what is going on when we dream or why humans need to sleep. So th- I hate that argument of like, you're, you were just high. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. What do you mean I was just high? So what was happening then? Can you tell me that? Like, because it's not. interesting. Things, things like shared hallucinations, like between people that were not like, have you ever had telepathy while you were tripping with another person, John? Because uh, I have. Uh, musically, very, very much so. Yeah. Uh, while, I, while I've been playing, while I've been performing, on on mushrooms before very deeply yeah see i think uh, i mean there's i think there is a potential have y'all seen the movie lucy with scarlett johansson where no. she okay well basically yes, i have because basic i stand scarlett <laughs> so basically over the course of the movie she's she she drank some sort of formula and her brain she starts to use a higher Acc- percentage of her, brain. her full so like potential. right now it's 10 i think for most of us well she reached like 100 percent, so she could do like that that's also a lie but that's a, it's a great movie that's also a lie you said it is a lie <laughs> i mean think about it what do you what do you mean we only use 10 percent of our brain like how does that even make gotcha sense okay well i didn't know that was unscientific well let, let me rephrase it then if our brain has the capacity to do these things that you guys are talking about as far there as hallucinogens and all of that could it be that in it. heaven we get to figure out what to do with the other parts of our brain that we that we this don't really have the capability to do any second naturally you know we we have Bingo. to go to something and y'all said it's playing with fire 
What if it's not playing with fire in the new kingdom? Mm. What if the apple that Adam and Eve ate was a hallucinogenic mushroom? That was probably the first tripping thought that I have. A lot of people call mushrooms the body of Christ. I don't go that far yeah. at all. I think that's kind of blasphemous. But no, C.S. Lewis postulated that when he imagined a perfected Adam who never aged because he had complete control over his cells and cells death and was basically like telling his cells, no, don't replicate yet. Just chill where you're at. So people always think the drug is doing something to you. The cocaine is making you high. All drugs do is either block receptors, turn a key, open a floodgate, shut a door. All the things that it's doing, your body is capable of doing. It is just telling your brain what chemicals to put where, right? So you're dead on. Like it, it, it would be theoretically possible if you had control to just make yourself high. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, that might be part of the theory of like tantric meditation or, or, um, transcendental meditation and, and things that like monks can do by like slowing their heart rate, things like Wim Hof can do. That is a great analogy for and, it because it, all these things are doing are really just activating things that are already innate. Yeah. And what I hate is the Christian response of, Oh, all right, I mean, just, what are you just going to be a bunch of high tripping people in heaven? Right. Listen, if we don't know what it's like to not have any fallen nature or sinful flesh, whatever you want to call it, we all have that sort of weight on us. We don't know what it's like to not have any sort of negativity going in our mind, any bad judgment, any uh, lack of discipline. Any, and, it's all gone. And like I and like I do that, and that's kind of what I realized was kind of the sin of my drug use, and and that's I've kind of believed that it's like I have, like I I have gotten as high as like the the body can get. Like I've I've sought out the most purely euphoric chemical combinations and like done the research to hit the right receptors to just achieve bliss. And I chased that my entire life. And like, I've had those moments where like, oh my God, if I could just stay here, it is perfect because every breath is better than the last. And it is just pure euphoria. The problem is it it, it doesn't last on this earth and, and you will chase that to your death. And it, it always, there's no such thing as a chemical free lunch. But, you know, I used to get freaked out about eternity thinking, how could this not be hell eventually? And, and even then, I think the high that I felt pales, pales in comparison. That's probably not even a good comparison. It's probably nothing compared to what, it, what a, a heaven Edenic state would feel like. But I have had those moments where I'm like, if this is what eternity is like, sign me the f up because yeah. this is perfect. Well, yeah. it's fire. We're, we're gonna have a fire. We're gonna have a sex in heaven part two, by the way, because I've I've got some crazy theories about that. But finish the beach story, John. Going back to my preface, and it's actually you did really touch on it. There is because people can say, "Hey, you're tripping. You're on drugs." I want to say, you know what? You're right. Everybody that does this that comes back with a story, they were on drugs. So I want to say this could all be completely BS. And the crazy part was the voice said that to me and said, this is true if you want it to be as all things are. Mm, and I like that. And, and it really, I don't know if my mind came, again, I was on drugs. I don't know if my mind came up with that. I don't know if my mind came up with that, but I don't know if, it was like I was all of a sudden receptive to the voice. I was an yeah, antenna all veil. of a sudden. And so basically, the voice told me that there had been multiple messiahs. A messiah is an anointed one. 
<clears throat> and that G- I wouldn't say Jesus is the Buddha, but I would say he is <clears throat> a Buddha. Buddha is a someone that saves you from suffering. That's the that's what the Buddhists talk about. Life is suffering. You heard you heard it here first, folks. Mushrooms are straight from the devil. I know, and that <laughs> is what people would say. But I would say that is that sounds like love. That sounds true. That resonates as truth to me. What is Buddha really taking away from Christianity? Honestly, I, I, that's a question. Uh, what, what is there? Divine, divine equality. I mean, divine exclusivity, probably for one. Okay. Of Jesus. I wonder if that is one of those human blurs, not, not of in order to be malicious, but I can't help but wonder what the actual wording was, when and where it was. I wonder if he really meant the only way to, to the Father is through me, or if he meant Have you I am the Jesus. way that you people are gonna <laughs> are gonna know Have as you, the way to the Father because y'all y'all crazy. <laughs> Have you ever asked? Have you ever asked Jesus? I spent I spent a like four or five month period of prayer, not demanding, but like all right, like I need to know if you are you and if you are true. Every Wednesday and Sunday, I was paid to have that experience as I'm a musician and I was working for Seacoast. So I would have these moments while playing those songs where, yeah, I would I would be asking Jesus, is this real? Is this love? Were you high or not? Or it varied probably. Baby, am I talking to you? Well, yeah, I was high. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> well, so what, what was your answer? So what was your answer? I, just complete confusion because I keep going back to that thing that, that Maybe the voice you should told try. me. The voice told me if it was, uh, what you believe. What do you believe? What is true to you? What is your truth? So was your higher self that telling to you? me. So have you tried praying those things sober? Like, like I'm talking like literally like intentional prayer with purpose finding that answer. And if not, I might even like suggest that to just give that a, a college try. Cause this was, this was one of the things that I found dangerous about hallucinogens is for all their uh, mind expanding properties. Most of the time it is intensely self focused and it's, it's um, there's a lot of introspection and there's a lot of looking inward there. There were definite outward expansions, but more often than not, it was coming back to me and myself. And, and and that's almost like the most antithetical to gospel type of thing there. And it's and that's what gets into that's I guess my issue with things like Buddhism and these salvation is within sort of ideologies is that they will really kind of say like, no, like you are the Christ, you are the Buddha. Enlightenment is just within yourself. You don't need salvation. You, you can simply find it with, from within. And I think that is, for me, I feel like that's a grave misstep. I think it's- Because then, well, because then it, it once again just- spits in the face of of Jesus' sacrifice. Uh, I guess it depends on how you look at it. So maybe it doesn't spit in the face. It seems to elevate, and, and maybe, and I guess I will rightly admit my own biases, and maybe uh, I still have a little bit of Calvinist loathing for humanity and a, a low image of ourselves. It just seems to me, and uh, there I go believing what I think is true, but it, it seems true to me that I'm just not very capable of self-salvation. Well, I think you kind of touched on something that I find to be interesting that I don't know if it comes from like being from the South or being a Christian or both. 
But there's this element of bowing down to God that I think is good. And I think there's also this element of realizing the little bit of God that's within us. And actually, because it's within us, having a lot of appreciation, gratitude, and awareness of that bit of us that is divinity. I think that's something that those religions are touching on. I feel like I've spent so much of my time in my youth being forced to bow down to a God without realizing the bit of God that's also within me that makes it so it's like, hey, I'm not a piece of shit because I smoke weed. I'm not a piece of shit because I eat mushrooms and I think I talk to God. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, w- and, and what is it? Uh, the Christ in me sees the Christ yeah. in you. Is it? Yeah. One, Namaste. Once you get to a place where I'm at, where you truly do believe theologically, biblically, philosophically, whatever salvation is out there, I truly believe that humanity will experience like all of this stuff is just so much easier to navigate because I would say, I believe Jesus is the central figure. I believe Jesus is God. I believe Jesus one something. I don't know exactly the the ingredients of all that had to be done. I don't believe in penal substitution sort of thing. But because yeah, I... But be, penal. Yeah, penis substitution. But because I believe in that sort of salvation, I would just rightly assume that some Muslims are being steered by the same Holy Spirit I'm being steered by because God Mm -hmm. is a God of love and cares about every single person on this earth. So why Mm -hmm. in the world would the God that I say God is love not ever be there for the Muslim child who is growing up to see God differently? So my God's not going to be there for that kid? The hell's up with that God? I mean, my, my eighth grade teacher, Bible teacher at First Baptist Church School told me all Jews are going to hell. (laughs) That would even upset the evangelicals. They think Jews have a free pass, man. Yeah, (laughs) She said, sorry, gotta go through the sun. Jeez Louise. And then, okay, I also want to say she also was uh, very against drug use, gay, abortion, all that. And then I recently saw her about two years ago, and she was with her girlfriend making out at a bar, and she had two drinks in hand, and she was hammered. <laughs> of course. Hey, maybe maybe she she uh, took some mushrooms one day, I, and it changed her I life. I hope she did. Like, when it was over, did you and your friend look at each other and hug and like, what the hell? Oh, that's, this, is, this is what I wanted to ask you. This is what I wanted to ask you. I want to ask you all something. Can you hold that thought for one second? I absolutely okay. can. One thing that also came up during the conversation— what is the difference between the son of God and the children of God? If I'm a child of God and there's a bit of divinity within me that God placed, what is the difference? between? Is it because Jesus is the son of God, meaning he is fully genetically, spiritually, actually the son and the rest of us just have like 1%? Or is it that he made a choice to give it all? to give everything that you possibly could in order to save the world. And is that something that someone can't do now? Is it that we're too afraid to? Is it just that he's the son of God because he was so heroic and so selfless that he could make this choice? Maybe, but I I, that, I think for me, I'm just going to go to my grave with, with this faith because I don't know what to do with yeah. that. Yeah, that's, I just, that's, that, that's farther than I'm willing to go. Cause that, and that's a very, that's a very like Eastern, basically Christ is all he did was he was the first one to figure out, this is like a huge, a, a big thing. Of is it Christ was just the one to figure out that like we're all sons of God and and basically once again it kind of denigrates 
Jesus's uniqueness in that he is the only one that was fully God, fully man. We all just have the breath of God. We have the Holy Spirit only because he left and sent that down. So I still hold to the difference between us and Jesus. And I, I don't I don't think I don't think it was a there's that whole theory that Jesus like went to India or whatever and yeah, like I don't get learned down with that. Oh my gosh, dude. But yes, uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And I well, it was just a I, thought that I, was coming to my mind while I was speaking, and that was what the voice told me. And I would that, just like, and I would camp out at he's not John's not in trouble for believing that. That that would be my no. thing is I think we're all we're we're all gonna be well, okay. Also all these things that I heard that go against the scripture. It's not like I wholeheartedly hold it. Like I had this experience again. I realize I was very high on mushrooms. <laughs> right. And, and that's my question. And so what's your question? How much of that experience informs your current day-to-day faith and how strongly? I know in my heart, there's a God. I know okay. it is beyond our understanding and that the only rope that I have to cling to is that God is love. I wake up every day and I say, thank you, Lord. I go to bed every day saying, thank you, Lord. I try to live myself my life in a state of gratitude. I had one other heroic dose of mushrooms after this experience and it was completely accidental. Um, oh no. Yeah, it was, Oof. It, yeah, it was, it was uh, totally visual. And then I just blacked out and woke up and I was just tripping, but I wasn't talking to God, but it was like, yeah. basically the, when, when you're growing the mushrooms, once they have a cap, they have all the psilocybin content they're going to have, whether they're an inch tall or seven inches tall. So somebody sold me a bag of inch tall mushrooms and I thought I was taking a microdose, and I just take a pinch. Oh, and then it turns out no. I ate the equivalent of probably like half an ounce or something. Oh, holy I, shit. <laughs> they were just baby mushrooms. And I, holy like, shit, it hit me, that's too and, much. And uh, my band had opened for widespread panic. So I go out in the audience to watch them. And all of a sudden, like, all their stage lighting is bleeding. And I was like, that's a lot oh, of money they spent on this light. <laughs> and I look over at my buddy next to me and his face is 30 feet wide. And I just yell at him, I am tripping balls. And then he, I just collapse and he carries me out. And that's actually the third time he's carried me out of a concert, unfortunately. <laughs> the other two were during high school. Well, which is the hardest I've ever partied in my life was high school. Theologically, so, I've read some very concerned, like I did seminary. And so I would have answered your question. I've read things in conservative Christianity doctrine that would say we are the equivalent to Jesus when it comes to how God sees us in our uh, salvific state. Like as far as God's love for Jesus and God's commitment to Jesus is on the same equal playing field as us. And I do believe on the other side of the kingdom, I don't I don't believe that we'll necessarily be all-knowing, but I do believe that we'll be supernaturally on the same playing field as Jesus. I think that's, yeah. that's what he, and that's you, what and he you did know for what us. I, and what I'm ad- admittedly, and this is just a current realization, I, and I don't even know why I'm scared to admit, you might be 100% right. But is it... You might be. I mean, that's, you know, I, I could be getting this all wrong, and I don't know... Why is that scary um, to you? It used to be scary to me. Well, the truth is, at the end of the day, if we take from these, the, the tenets of our religions that are good and positive and we live a good and positive life and our God is truly all loving. And we've talked about this many times. Why would we go to hell? I get drunk and I get, and I take a piss in my neighbor's yard and I'm going to hell. 
okay sure you know what i mean it's, it's <laughs> no my my why am i afraid joey be- because i i want to be obedient in the way that an obedient son to his father is super pleasing. I think that's it for me. I think I'm bad with unresolved conflict. I'm bad with a guilt complex. I, I don't want to waste time believing something wrong. And maybe that's a whole, yeah. maybe well, that's let's, a whole. Let's take that. I have found peace in the fact that what you just described as far as what you want to be for God, for your father, the kind of son that you want to be. Once I accepted the fact that that's in place, that's, I don't think ever going to change. That's all I got. God, I want that, to. That's enough. I, yes. If, if, okay. if God knows that I'm Whew. a stupid little kid on this earth, but I do want to do what's pleasing. My Lord, how is that not going to be good enough? I mean, if my son came in here and said, dad, I will do anything you say. I want to please you. I, I'll do anything and I will not do stuff that you don't want me to do. But then he messes up and I'm pissed at him. I mean, yeah. and I'm gonna yeah. and I'm gonna punish him forever, even though he clearly said, I will do anything, Dad. I just can't believe in a God like that anymore. And I know so many yeah, people who that say makes me want to cry a little right, bit. I know so many people who say, I wish to God I could believe in God. It would change my life if I knew there was hope. Oh, and for dude. God to send that person to eternal torture, I just can't anymore. And it's it's not, you know, a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh well that's an emotional response. Yes, but it's also a very studied academic Lo- philosophical logical. stance too. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I I actually when I went to First Baptist, I was in the band for church and I got kicked out because I cussed. And oh, yeah. beyond that, after I got kicked out, there the few people at my school that knew that I smoked weed started telling people about it and I was going to hell now. It was just it pushed me over the edge so hard and it made me denounce Christianity. It made me say a lot of like blasphemous things in my youth that now I'm like I have God knows I didn't know what I was talking about because I was under the assumption that I'm going to hell for smoking weed and stealing one of my dad's beers. I got kicked out of my college worship team. I'm also a drummer. Hell yeah, uh, brother. You didn't tell me that, bro. Yeah, dude. Played for my worship team. Just just joined up another band. I knew me and this guy got along for a reason. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. Uh, I got kicked out because I admitted that I was sleeping with my girlfriend. Oh. And, and, he, and he was like, oh, sorry, you can't play anymore. And I was like, are you serious? And he was like, yeah. And as a kind of an indirect result, but I ended up relapsing mm. back then. It's crazy and so what it kind like, of impact that can have on you. Oh, man. And I ended up talking to that youth pastor on my podcast a solid 13 years later, and he still kind of held, held the line. I was like, yeah, I did the right thing. And I was Whoa. just like, okay. Dude, I have thought about bringing my pastor on. I haven't done it yet. It's great. I've thought about bringing my youth pastor on. I definitely I've had I've had two of my old youth pastors on, and it's been yeah. great. Here, here's another idea, too, and we're talking about drug usage and stuff like that, demonizing people because of it. What's wrong with keeping them there, loving those people, and then informing them the actual real world consequences that we know that you don't need faith to understand or to believe that they will happen, such as, hey, if you try crack cocaine, you'll probably get addicted to it. You're going to have a bad time. If you start smoking weed when you're 12, you're probably going to have issues with developing your brain completely by the age of 25. If you are a Christian that drinks a six-pack of craft beer on Fridays and you look down on someone that smokes weed, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, because it's much worse. (laughs) Much worse. Much worse. I barely drink. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> you anything else y'all want to add? I'll put this together perfectly. This is awesome, man. Seacoast, I love y'all, and I wasn't trying to. You know the fitness Seacoast podcast, thing. right? Okay, well, I'll I'll see y'all around. <laughs> <laughs>